to the fourth in our Youthscape podcast. We hope that all is well with you. Martin, it's all well with you. I am well. Good, yes, thank excellent. You. Very relaxed. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming quite a relaxed position, I know. Yeah, we, we're both sat on swivel chairs and it's impossible to sit on a swivel chair and not swivel, isn't it? You just it? want to play. You do. So uh, we're going to try and keep our chairs in one place and we are going to get stuck in quite early, actually, to yeah. today's interview because we had two fantastic people that came in and chatted with you i don't know where i was no you you looked the other way and i'd stolen them into a room and done the interview so the very lovely caris and pete and pete yeah from uh, open doors brilliant and pete has very long hair enormous so he's eight years into growing his dreadlocks and they are and they've got springs in them and razor blades and all sorts oh my goodness maybe not razor blades (laughs) He looks like something Let's like not Max. spread that rumour. Amazing. It's amazing. Let's just listen in to the interview that Martin had with the guys from Open Doors. The Yusuke Podcast. Uh, I'm joined today by Pete and Karis from Open Doors. Welcome to the Yusuke Podcast. Thank you. Hello. Uh, guys, you've uh, you popped into Yusuke Towers today for a, for a chat about something, so we thought we'd quickly grab a podcast with you. Um, why don't you tell me what you do? You're quite new, aren't you, Pete? What do you, what do, you do at Open Doors? Yeah, so I'm youth manager and I lead the team. There's a brilliant team of us that um, we speak to young people in whatever way we can. Um, so online, offline, and we talk to them about the persecuted church. That's yep. what we do. So I'm here just to make sure everything doesn't go out of control. And Karis? Yeah, so I've um, joined this week as youth coordinator. You're brand new. I am brand new, but I've been hanging around Open Doors for the last two years. So you hang around Open I, Doors. I loiter. I've been loitering is the key word. <laughs> kind of yeah, waiting, waiting for them to just stop noticing, basically. And, okay. Uh, yeah. And they just you just loitered long enough that they just gave you a job. Yeah, bas- basically. There you go. That's how. If anyone's struggling with unemployment at the moment, clearly yeah. that's the way to that, go. That is yeah. how you do it. Yeah. Wow. That's great. So what is your role? <laughs> so I'm um, supporting Pete and in some senses also doing a lot of going out telling people about what God's doing around the world and just the exciting things he's doing through his church in the darkest of places really which mm. is a, an absolute privilege mm. yeah. now, now I've for many years talked with young people about persecuted church and various other justice issues and it yeah. seems to me that this is one of those things that really resonates with teenagers for some reason yeah. um, sometimes more than almost any other justice issue why, why yeah. do you think that is? Uh, for me, I think it's something to do with family. Um, with the, the title Persecuted Church is something we're stuck with, but something that I find quite awkward because it almost sounds like a de- denomination, you know, something mm-hmm. like Baptist, Methodist, Persecuted, you know, <laughs> yeah. it sounds like, but, but in essence, it's family. We are family, and, and that's not just written in Scripture. It's not written in Scripture for no reason. Um, so I believe there's something deeper than just just coincidence that, we're all, that we all follow Jesus. I think mm-hmm. there's something deeper there. So when we talk about the Persecuted Church, it, it it's harder almost feels like a family member so that's probably one reason um Karis has only got yeah well I think it's another thing I mean it's just so inspiring I mean the persecuted church is a huge part of my own testimony really you know like growing up in sort of Christian youth groups and sort of you know you're trying to kind of work out you know what is the cost of following Jesus you know how worth it is he to kind of not be particularly cool at school because you're a you're a Christian and then you mm-hmm. hear stories about these people who are willing to sacrifice everything for Jesus and you kind of think wow there must be something to this then there must be a depth to this maybe this is worth 
exploring. Yeah, when I was a teenager, I was always searching for some kind of authentic faith because I grew up in church, so I wanted something that was real, not mm. inherited. Um, and, uh, so, and so I always looked to those kind of people that gave the powerful testimonies at the festivals and yeah. said, yeah, I really want some of that. And actually, these stories do exactly that. When you hear the story about someone, not, not a, a brilliant speaker up on the stage, but someone who's just real, just living their normal lives, but maybe with bombs flying overhead or that they've yeah. been kicked out from, from a village for the fourth time because they're Christians and they're surrounded by people who aren't. Those are real stories. Mm. And Jesus mm. really matters for those people. Mm. Like, it's, it's been a real choice for them to follow Jesus. And mm. the consequences are hard yeah. for them. They get their butts kicked every day because they've chosen to follow Jesus. And for me as a teenager, that those kind of stories, I think, oh, well, I was a teenager now, would be like, wow and actually mm. it doesn't you know it's not about me it's we find that the teenagers when they hear that when young people hear about those stories they go wow mm. yeah. actually this is real mm. yeah it's sort of it, it's one of those things that can kind of kick start discipleship deeper yeah. discipleship yeah. among young people they, they they see this and they think oh gosh you know if this is uh, this this means so much to a person that they're willing to risk their life yeah. maybe i should be considering the way i live my life differently yeah, definitely. So it works on two levels. There's the individual discipleship level of your faith and how those stories can inspire you. But also going back to the being part of a bigger cause, being mm. part of something bigger, standing for something bigger, something bigger than yourself. Mm. Um, we're in quite a selfish, mm. localised, insular kind of society in many ways, um, mm. not in all ways. But um, anything that challenges that and gets young people to think outside the local, outside of their own sphere of influence and think bigger, think global, mm-hmm. I think is, is a good thing. And it can transform the way that your whole life um, mm-hmm. works and, and, um, by just thinking and joining something bigger than yourself. And I think yeah. that's really powerful. And I think it gives you more of a, a, a love for the, the church as well, generally, because I think we can be, you know, even the best of us can be quite cynical about church, yeah. I think, yeah. you know, my, myself included. But when you kind of see what God's doing, I mean, our, our heart is for the local church, whether that's a local parish church down the road or whether that's a church that meets in like concentration camp toilets in North Korea. Yeah. Our heart yeah. is to just see the church doing what God calls the church mm. to be. And it's mm. it gives you a love for the church. It makes you remember, you know, what God's not finished with his church, you know, and we're on the winning, t- we're on the winning team in that sense. And I think it's just so encouraging to be a part of and what that reminds us of is that this is about the gospel mm-hmm. this is where these people are sharing the gospel in really hard places you know yeah. the church exists in order to share the good message uh, the great message of jesus yeah. and that god loves us and god is for us and not against us and these people are doing that in the hardest circumstances mm-hmm. amongst all odds and against all odds and where everything would scream to the contrary that, that actually that they're looked after sometimes. These people are saying, actually, no, God does come through time and time yeah. and time again. Yeah. And they're sharing the gospel with their lives in really mm. hard places. So yeah. that's why we support the persecuted church and why we think young people should do, because it's about the gospel. It's mm. about sharing yeah. the message of Jesus in, in those really hard places. Yeah. yeah. And the, pro- the problem is sometimes we can, we can generalise a little bit and then desensitized we talk about the persecuted church difficult parts of the world millions of you talk about scale of millions of people yeah. and it desensitized a little bit so just to yeah. get a bit more granular yeah. if you like what what is it just pick a bit of the, the the persecuted church family what is it like for a teenager who's decided they want to follow jesus right. you know in in the persecuted church what, what does that actually cost them day to day so, I mean, lots of stories jumped to my mind, I guess, but I think one that I came across 
um, fairly recently was the story of Susan. So um, she was from, I think she was from Nigeria, I think. And she um, became a Christian because someone came to her school and told them about Jesus. She's from a, um, a Muslim family and she became a Christian there. And her, her father was so, so, so angry. You know, he was threatening her a lot, you know, threatening to kill her. And then one day he um, threw her in this room and then just said, you will sit on that mat until you renounce Jesus. And then he locked the door, didn't come back for three months later. And then basically some people um, started to know, like the neighbours started to notice, you know, where is, where's Susan? You know, we've not seen her in all this time. And then um, they asked her brother and they said, well, our father's locked her in this room. And, you know, they, they called the police and they opened the door and she was still sat on that mat. And wow. they, you know, she was taken to hospital and they said, you know, Susan, why why didn't you even get up that off that mat? Why did you not try to escape? And, and she basically said... Because if I got off that mat, I would be renouncing Jesus. My father said not to get off that mat unless I renounce Jesus. Wow. And I cannot do that wow. because he's the most important thing wow. in my life. And I think that's just inspired to no end. Yeah. Yeah, staggering. Another story is sort of not a story in some senses. Because in North Korea, it's, mm. it's the idea that in, in North Korea, there are so, such harsh penalties for you to share Jesus with people. They, mm. they operate a, a three-generational punishment. So if you're found with scripture, or you're found out to be a Christian, they'll not only punish you, but your children and your children's children. Yeah. Uh, and you'll all get sent off to labour camps. So actually, the fact that there are very little teenage stories is because the parents aren't even allowed to tell their children about Jesus. Mm. So there are lots of... Christians in North Korea, it would be, uh, it's too dangerous for them to even share the most precious thing in their lives to their own children. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they do, and the kids toddle off to school and talk about Jesus, then mm-hmm. the whole family will um, will get um, taken off to labour camps or, or worse. Um, so actually the absence of story of teenagers mm-hmm. knowing Jesus in mm-hmm. North Korea, or very few stories that come out. Um, is significant. That's yeah. a significant story mm-hmm. to tell mm-hmm. because we want there to be more stories, and that's why North Korea is consistently right at the top of our list, yeah. the World Watch list that Open Doors operate in terms of the places at the hardest to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, North Korea is up there, number one again, uh, and um, this, this, we want our prayer is for stories of teenagers that are Christians that find Jesus to increase, mm-hmm. um, because we know that the gospels doing its thing we know that we as open doors and, and other agencies like us other charities like us are doing the right thing we're, mm. we're helping the gospel to be spread um across not just adults but teenagers and children as well mm. Absolutely. so if you're a, a youth leader listening to this and your pulse is racing a bit as you as you listen to those stories and you just think how practically do i start to engage this very it's very sensitive could be quite distressing issue for young people to engage with especially younger uh, teenagers what, what's the starting point how do they engage with uh, persecuted church issues and and with you directly as open doors youth wow well i think one of the things that i'm i always think of whenever i speak to young people about the persecuted church the thing i always try to affirm you know god there is nowhere in the world that god is not at work mm-hmm. and if he is at work in these situations then he is at work in your life too he is at work in your yeah. church in your school in your family wherever you are and I think bringing it back to that and sort of bringing it back to the idea that we are one family, as Pete yeah. was saying, you know, that God is the same everywhere, yesterday, today and forever. And I think that's, you know, one of the things, you know, to bring it back to sort of, OK, how does this, what does this look like for me if God's at work in all these places? I think that's one of the things. Yeah, so all of these stories, however hard they are, are dripping in hope. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely mm. dripping in hope. They are just that God's love and his grace is just, and mm. his power 
uh, it's just evident in all of these stories, however hard they are. So we always try and focus on, and, and for youth leaders that are trying to approach this, always approach it from a hope point of view, yeah. from a, as Kara says, that God is at work, yeah. um, that even though situations are dark right now, we've got hope that God is on the move and that his purposes will, will come through those situations. And you know, he uses all situations, doesn't he? And, and uh, we're seeing that because the church is growing. Yeah. The church is growing in the hardest of places. Yeah. And that's why when Jesus talks about mustard, that's that um, um, pest of a plant back in back in the day. Like when you cut mustard, it would just germinate and grow. Like it would just explode in a place. Yeah. And um, and the church is doing that. Like they're trying Amazing. to lock the branches off. They're trying to cut the roots of the church, but it's not working. Yeah. And the very very often the, the fastest growing churches are in the place where it's hardest to be a christian yeah so these stories however hard they are are just covered and dripping in hope so yeah. always go with that angle i would say mm. and, and how do they connect with you practically so uh, your website social media what, what where do they need to where do people need to go to find out more about this stuff yeah, so opendoorsyouth.org um, is the normal website, but we're on Instagram every day. So find, search for Open Doors Youth on Instagram, um, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. We're, we're all over <laughs> the webs. Um, so, yeah, Great. find us there. And we, we try and speak daily. We come with um, a story every day on Instagram. Um, yeah. We share those stories across Facebook as well. So um, if you want to share just a little snippet with your youth group, then... We've got loads and loads and loads of there. There's like for years we've been doing this, so keep trawl through the back catalogue and, and start your journey from there. Fantastic. And and Pete, before you go, sorry to spring this on you, but you you have been your journey, you've been involved in youth ministry for a while and then you went away and came back. So just <laughs> you went into advertising. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. So what, what's the story? Uh, the story is that I was in youth work for a while and then in 2007, 2008, when all the money dried up, genuinely all the money dried up, I went from being a street-level uh, youth worker working with young people that don't know Jesus um, to being a careers officer for 30-year-olds that should know better. Because <laughs> literally that's where the funding stream was. Right. Okay. I was like, this is not really what I was called to do. And, I'd, and as youth, work, youth workers will know, you are also a designer and a publicist and an advertiser for the things that you do week in, week out. So I was learning, kind of learning the trade almost as a youth worker. So you do more than one job, isn't it? We all know that it's more than one job as a youth worker. And I had the opportunity, I came back from Honeymoon and a friend of mine just said to me, look, we've got this um, opportunity as a junior designer in, a, in this agency that I work in. Do you want to crack at it? And I went, yes, please. And at the same time, someone prophesied over my life and said, you're in training for something else. You're in training for something that, that is uh, bigger than you, bigger than your ego, um, and is something that looks like kingdom. And that's, mm. that was, it was great because God knows me so well. He had to challenge my ego right there and then, which is great. And, and I feel like I was in, I've been in advertising for 10 years. And what I'm doing in advertising effectively at the simplest level is speaking to an audience and sharing a story. Right, so we share stories of a brand, of a company that want to share their story or their product, and we try and speak to an audience in as accurate way as possible to get that story across. Mm. And kind of that's what we're doing now, right? So, mm. so I went from youth work, did advertising, now I'm doing a job which is basically a complete mash of both of those wow. two. Yeah. So I kind of feel this is the fulfillment of the prophecy that, that um, yeah. God had on my life. So I'm now looking for a new prophecy, prophetic word over my life. Well, if anyone has that, write in too. But you know, I, I feel I feel this is like a real fulfillment of 
of 20 years of, yeah. of kind of doing doing different lots of different jobs and it's a culmination of that so I'm, mm. I, I love what I do with Open Doors um, and uh, I love what we do I think it's some of the most important work that Wizard Church can be doing right now. Mm. Do you think? Do you think that advertising is uh, is is something youth workers should study? Should we should we kind of yeah, look at advertising no. and, and and learn lessons yeah. from? Yeah, definitely. Look at if you know if you look at an advert and say that's cool or or a word that's far more relevant than cool. Um, if you know, <laughs> yeah, if you do that um, and you say, well, that's super dope. <laughs> like, I've never said that. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what you mean. Uh, yeah, I'm winning. Uh, and analyze it and find out why it is. And more often than not, it's because it's simple. Because the message is simple. Mm. When we get an adver- when we get an opportunity to advertise, a lot of the time we think, oh, we've got a space. We're just going to fire loads of messages into that space. And, and clients with uh, battle more often than not with the client was not the creative idea, but it was to leave space uh, around whether it's a print advert or even a radio ad just make the main thing the main thing and that's a that's a kind of churchy christian cliche but it applies in advertising as well that make the main story the main story forget everything else clear out the clutter be single-minded with your advertising um always have a purpose don't just do it for for the sake of it have a story and um that yeah, so when you like an ad, when you see when you're thumbing through the pages of Youthwork magazine or whatever it is, and, and you like the ad, or just try and work, spend a few minutes say, why do I like that? What is it that works about that? And do I get the message? Do I understand it? And is it memorable? Um, and memorable is the secret. Mm. And very often memorable is simple because we can't take in too much information at the same time. So just keep it simple, stupid. Helpful. Well. Thank you. Little yeah. little nugget that you weren't prepared for at all, but it's right there. And 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 finally, Catherine, mm. is there anything um, on the kind of horizon? I realise you've only just moved into a, a role <laughs> after lingering outside open doors for some time. But but, um, but is there any kind of date in the calendar for for youth workers to have in their diary right now uh, that you want to make them aware of? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we're going to be hanging around Soul Survivor all, all summer, really, um, doing some seminars. If you're around, please do come and say hello. Um, secret Church. Se- yeah, do, we're going to be doing Secret Church. If you've not come across that, that's um, a really exciting opportunity. And I think, I honestly think every youth group should should do that, because I think it's just, it's yeah. it's great for young people. It's great for youth workers as well. Um, and you guys always have the best stand at Soul Survivor. Oh, really stop, annoying. Guys. Really <laughs> annoying. Like we, we, we try and be really clever, and yours was way better. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, please do come and say hello to us at, at Soul Survivor if you want some resources, some ideas. If you want us to come and chat to your young people, we'd love to do that. We love love doing all of that. Fantastic. Well, look, thank you for coming on the podcast. No the website, if you missed it, was opendoorsyouth.org, yeah. uh, or just Google it. Yeah. You'll probably be able to find it. Yeah, you will. Uh, but, uh, but thanks, Pete and Karis, for coming on the uh, Youthscape podcast. Absolutely. Thanks we, for having uh, us. And, and, you know, we'll come back. Come back, because we're doing these every week. So we'll run out of Wow. <laughs> so just come back. Maybe wear, like, a disguise. <laughs> That'll be hard for you, Pete. You've got, like... You're quite distinctive looking. Uh, <laughs> You've got very long dreadlocks. Yeah. I do, yes. They're, and they're your own hair, aren't they? It's all my own. They hair. are long. How long have you been growing those? Eight years. Wow. Yeah. That's commitment, isn't it? Yeah. And That's I haven't totted up how much money I've saved on haircuts, but it's quite a lot. Yeah, so, yeah. And shampoo, right? What? And that's the oh end. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's not the end. It's not the end. We can't stop there. I wash my hair. People with dreadlocks wash their hair. They take a lot of maintenance, to, actually. Yeah, yeah. They do. <laughs> they do more maintenance than your short back and sides.
the Youthscape Podcast. So Martin, that was absolutely fascinating here, mm. sharing those stories, that powerful story of the teenage girl that sat oh and didn't goodness. move off a mat for three days because she didn't want to deny Christ. I mean, the mind just boggles, doesn't yeah. it? That kind of faith. So so for you, listening to that again, what, what really stood out for you when you were chatting with Pete and Karen? I, I think one of the things you get when you meet the guys from Open Doors, I've noticed this, like, consistently over the years people are so passionate who work for for open doors about this issue of the of the persecuted church i love the the way they use that phrase persecuted church family Mm. they really do understand the life and or death kind of nature of the work that they do and it's really powerful it's really humbling to to listen to somebody who's so passionate and and um and aware of the of the importance of, of the work they're doing so that that was really and i think that translates to young people as well it's so interesting i mean we, we were talking about this on the on the interview there uh it's so interesting how young people just seem to get captivated mm, by this the by the story and and they just maybe they put themselves in the uh in the story or maybe they just it shows up the disconnect between the way they live out a life of mm. faith and the way that that girl you yes, know who won't, who won't yeah. move from her mat yeah. is living out of, and they think they, they go hang on this doesn't compute yeah. like is what i am carrying so important that i should do that because i'd never do that in a million years if someone said get off this mat i'd just get off the mat you know i mean maybe that's not true of all young mm. people but certainly as a, if i put myself in the the shoes of that of that young yeah. person i'm not sure i could do that and Pete's his comment that's so interesting when you ask him about, you know, why is it that young people are listening to these stories at Soul Survivor on UN or whatever? Why, why do they get it? And he said, because it's family. Mm. Because actually, we think there's a massive distance, uh, geography and space and culture between us and our persecuted brothers and sisters. But actually, it's so close. And I think mm. as the world is shrinking, as people are moving, we our young people are growing up in a world where that is much more common. They know mm. much more mm. people from other cultures who've yeah, who've, who've risked losing it all for their faith. It's an interesting question for us when those two cultures collide in the UK, mm, you know, when we mm. welcome into our youth groups young people, Syrian refugees, who maybe they've seen family members yeah. um, killed because of what they believe in. It's an interesting idea of the world's colliding and yeah, yeah. praying kids for that. What's interesting is this terminology of, of family. And when we talk to young people about come and join church, come and be part of church, that there's kind of cultural barriers associated with that. They see church as this boring, irrelevant institution. Whereas when you introduce church through this this lens and say, "Hey, there's we're part. Actually, we're inviting you to join a global family, and part of that family is suffering and struggling and in pain, need of prayer and support, and also are demonstrating prophetically to you what it means to follow." Jesus with all your heart and soul. I, I think that's much more compelling. It's much more powerful than saying, oh yeah, we really want you to be part of the church. Mm. Come and be part of the, the church. Yeah. yeah, and that often repels young people, mm. whereas this invitation to join mm. this living, breathing family is much more mm. powerful. So I think we've got a lot to learn from that. Yeah, and, and it provokes questions, doesn't it? If you believe in someone so much that you're willing to lose everything for them, then, mm. oh my goodness, what is it that you believe in? They, they didn't talk at all about taking youth groups to be with no. people. I, mean, I suppose there's a, the whole issue around safety around yeah. that, but I, I'm wondering how far those experiences go and whether mm. when we do do those experiences, young people, does it kind of put within them a real seed of, actually, I, I want to get out there and do that. And and what do we do with that as, as yeah. youth workers? Actually, we're opening young people up to 
possibility of, of really risking their lives. And yeah. that's such a challenge, isn't it, for us to yeah. know yeah. how far do we say to our young people, this is the reality that we get involved yeah. with this. And, and just, I mean, there is that question of just connecting with the church beyond our, our shores, let alone uh, the persecuted church, just churches in other parts of the world and Christians in other parts of the world. It, it does help young people mm. to have a broader horizon mm. of, of what the church is. I've, I've seen a couple of things work, just little things we've done here at Youthscape where we've connected uh, using uh, technology, oh, yes. you know, youth yeah, groups youth in different groups, yeah. parts of the world. And we as a staff team, we've connected through Skype with other yeah. uh, youth workers in, so in other parts of the world. We have a great relationship with, with YFC in Lebanon, yeah. for instance. We've got this, this great relationship going on there. And it's been so powerful for our team just to connect through that. So uh, there's, a lot to, there's a lot to unpack, a lot to process yes. there. But, um, but yeah, bigger horizons, broader horizons, really helpful. So at the end, they mentioned about being at Soul Survivor and yeah. they run brilliant seminars there. And of course, this year, Martin, is the first year that Soul Survivor is not at Shetter Mallet. Yeah, I, I mean, change. most people, I guess, would be familiar with Soul Survivor. Some might not be. It's a great big, uh, charismatic, evangelical uh, youth festival that's taken place for probably 25 yeah, years now um, and, and mainly down in, in Somerset in, in Shepton Mallet uh, and uh, and this year they're moving the main venue to, to Peterborough so there'll be one week I think in Stafford which is nominally north but it's not the north of England it's it's uh, it's north of it's north of here, isn't north it? Of here. <laughs> yeah, and then oh, uh, and then there'll be Peterborough as well, yeah. which is also actually in the sort of it's not it's in the south, it's not in the south, yeah. which yeah. is is interesting. It's um, a massive shift from Shetland. I, I often think of Soul Survivor as quite a pilgrimage mm. in young people's lives. People listening as well, maybe you've been going right since the very beginning, and it is a big shift. But I think it's an exciting yeah. opportunity to redefine. I think what Soul Survivor. Is about and, and just a huge contribution that Thor's Father has yeah. made over the years to youth ministry in the UK. I can't yeah. imagine where we'd be without it, really. And you're right to say the UK, because of course there is Soul Survivor Scotland as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which happens around the same Phenomenal. time. Phenomenal. Brilliant. Um, so, I mean, they are fantastic. It's, you know, I think we're, we want to um, stand with them, as yeah. they say to everyone, please don't abandon it this year. No, Because it's moving to Peterborough. Got to come. Got to come. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And it's been amazing to see yeah. over the years so many young people find faith through Soul Survivor. So, you know, when I talk to young people at my home church, Almost all of them, if they share their story of coming to faith, if they didn't make a faith commitment at Soul Survivor, Soul Survivor will come up in yes, the story, in story as this formative moment where they had a week away, they maybe got away from technology a bit, they definitely got away from school and friends and home influences, and they just stopped and focused on their Christian faith and being part of a Christian mm. community. And, uh, and yes, there's hype. Yes, there's all sorts of other stuff going on. But that's young people being together. Of course it is. Yeah. But actually, there's there's no substitute in the life of a teenager for getting away as a group with other Christians and just exploring together why this thing's mm. vitally important. So so we'll be there. We will you're, be there. Are you speaking? Yes, Am I allowed I am. to say you're speaking? Yeah, I'm speaking. Yeah, you're speaking. Um, and Youthscape will be doing some youth leader yeah. training there. And we're taking our young people from Youthscape and I'm taking my young people from our church. So it's, it is a great place to meet. And I think what I think is just so incredible and, and big, you know, big love to Mike and Ali and, and Andy and the team that this is about young people encountering Jesus. Mm. They are just so single minded on that, that yeah. nothing gets in the way. And we have fun. We have after our stuff. We have seminars that dig into all the big issues. Jesus loves zombies and in all these other issues, heaven and hell. But really, it's about young people encountering Jesus. And for many of our young people, it's the first time they walk into a space and go, oh, my goodness. 
like people who look like me are serious about Jesus. This yeah. is a great apologetic for faith. Yeah, so let's absolutely let's support it as it moves to Peterborough. Yeah, it's great. And great stuff's happening in Peterborough, of course, as well. Great stuff's really happening in Peterborough. Really exciting things. So we'll yeah. be hearing about it in another week. It's really, really good. Yeah. So um, before we go, I, it's come to that moment in the show where... I always forget this, you know. I, I disgrace myself. No, no. And then the fun happens. We've still got to Which have the, uh, the pre-agreed fun. The pre-agreed spontaneous fun. Are we ready, everybody? So who is it this time? Is it Helen? Oh, we're not quite sure. One Somebody. of our phenomenal youth workers downstairs has got a word for us from our young people that we have to work out what it is. Word. 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 Today's word challenge is the word moist. Right, <laughs> there was a kind oh, of a no. stunned silence after that one. Oh, is there a word, a worse word in the English language than moist? <sighs> right, okay. People so are going to be turning off the podcast are, because they, they can't bear the word moist. So... I did work with a wonderful girl called Andrea Bowden who would only eat food if it was moist. So she oh. didn't eat dry food. And she's quite a gangster. So I, I reckon that moist is about, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's I, just the meaning of the word moist. Yeah, that is just the meaning of the word moist. So we've just given you a definition of what it actually means. How do young people use the word moist? I think it's music. I think... Um, it's good music. I think you'd say those beats are really moist. <laughs> Why do you always laugh when I try and use I, it? I don't you know. You always it's laugh. Just, it's really, it's because I'm, I'm nervous and anxious. Those beats, that's what those, young people those say. Those beats. Those beats. Those beats. Those beats are moist. I don't think they'd actually put it in a phrase. I think they'd just say that's moist. moist. And it means that's that's good or it's the latest thing that, yeah, I can't even or imagine. Like fresh. In a, well, like fresh. I just think the young people that we... Yeah, I don't think they'd use it in a whole sentence. So I think it's just that's moist. Because fresh things, fresh things are moist, aren't they? <laughs> and and if it's like hard and old, then it's not moist. Oh gosh. We've said that word a lot now. Right. right let's ask yes. Helen. <laughs> Helen, what the answer is? So uh, round here is a bit of disagreement uh, about what moist means. It could be uh, a really good word, like some, talking about someone you really love or care about. But it could also be a really negative, like means chicken or someone's a bit rubbish and a bit of a wimp. So in a sentence, that would be, uh, have you uh, have you met Matt? He's like, bear moist. <laughs> oh. Well, there we go then. I've not got so, one right yet. No, and I, I'm just uh, just amazed and astounded that this is what we're giving to the youth ministry world. Yeah, really, it's helping, right really it's helping. helping. This is a ministry. <laughs> so, lovely friends, thank you for listening. And uh, we look forward to bringing more great stuff your way. Cutting edge, relevant, innovative, inspiring. Moist. Moist. Until next week. The Youthscape podcast is always free, but if you'd like to support us, find us on patreon.com slash youthscape. So just keep it simple, stupid.